Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live. Talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And uh, welcome to the program. It is uh, March 16, a Monday, and um, good heavens, I had suggested when last I talked to you on Thursday that a Probably an awful lot would happen um, in the interim, and of course it has, and will continue to do so, uh, things changing almost hourly. I uh, remain almost sequestered in my home because that seemed like the wise thing to do. I'm limiting people coming into my home as well. And um, I think it is time for people with common sense to uh, to spread that to all those in their in their orbit. Um, seeing that the bars on Carson Street were overflowing um, this weekend because of St. Patrick's Day filled me with uh, rage, uh, filled me with despair. Uh, seeing people continuing to live their lives as uh, as if nothing is happening, except that they are somehow being put out by a hysterical uh, government shutting down everything, uh, should give all of us pause that in a time of crisis, um, an awful lot of people uh, do not act rationally, uh, do not act uh, in a way that shows that they have any sense that they are part of something larger than themselves or their desires. Um, I think some of it might be denial, uh, understandable human uh, response to something that is unprecedented, uh, something we've never experienced, something frightening. I'm thinking that in... Um, the, I almost said going forward, oh my God, that in uh, from now on, I would like to hope that this hour that we spend together can be uh, less me uh, yapping and more of a communal uh, sharing of uh, our own personal situations, our anxieties, I would like this uh, program to be of help. And if help is simply talking to each other, because we're all going to feel uh, isolated, talking to each other, uh, perhaps reassuring each other. Uh, I also, my journalistic instincts have uh, have come roaring back, and because I am uh, on the receiving end of governmental alerts and things like that, I am also in a position to uh, give you uh, news that you may perhaps not have have gotten. Um, so we're going to feel our way through this, uh, you and me, and I want to express my gratitude for you. Uh, on a very selfish level, it helps me to know you are there, that I am talking to you, um, because I have been feeling very isolated and, and somewhat anxious because of uh, my age and my asthma and my now spring allergies. So, you know, I'm, I'm sniffing, I'm coughing, my asthma is a little kicked up. And, you know, it's we 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 live with our with our anxieties. Uh, But that's the important thing we live. Okay. Uh, Those who still haven't got this in their heads. I don't know what to do for them. Uh, In my own orbit. There are people who just are so slow to acknowledge the seriousness of this, that normal life is gone, not forever, but gone now. Uh, 
where to start? I've been reading a lot, obviously have a lot of time to do that. I have also found that walking, uh, you know, we might be told to stay home, but that certainly doesn't mean we can't walk out the door and uh, and breathe in, you know, fresh air and walk and uh, even engage in conversation with people we see, but keep a distance. And I think that will be very, very important as well um, uh, to keep our, our heads together. Uh, the reality is scary, and there's no way around it. Uh, I want to thank uh, Mayor Peduto, County Executive Fitzgerald, uh, Governor Wolf. I want to thank the uh, three uh, political leaders uh, that have the most impact on, on my life for uh, getting ahead, certainly, of the federal government, which doesn't take much doing. Uh, but also, I want to uh, spur them to be even more, uh, more, what's the word? Uh, we need even more draconian, perhaps. Um, you know, you see from all the various uh, uh, different, different bailiwicks, you know, different counties, different cities, different states saying gatherings of under or over 500 people, not, you know, have to stop or over 50 people have to stop. These are arbitrary numbers. And I think what they're not saying is these gatherings that bring any measurably large group of people together, 10, let's call it 10, I think that's a better number, need to stop. And we must also acknowledge that this is uh, perhaps too little too late. Those people who are good at numbers, uh, who understand uh, the spread of, of viruses, um, looking at the trajectory we uh, seem to be on in the United States, and it's very difficult for us to know what our trajectory is because of the abysmal failure at the federal level of jumping on this the minute we knew there was uh, a novel coronavirus identified in China. That's back in January, folks. And our government did zilch, treated it like it was a potential foreign invasion. So we, you know, we start stopping, stopping people from coming and stopping trade as if you can stop a virus in, in that way. Um, I think one of the smartest uh, things I've read and it, it sort of scares me because it's not being followed. Usually the smartest things we're reading now are not being followed by the people who have the power to put them into um, a play. And if I can find it in the rubble of my uh, dining room table where I sit, um, it is a piece written by a uh, a professor from USC uh, it was printed in the Wall Street Journal and uh, he says this um, the fact that at the federal level at the local level the only people being tested are those who are believed to be infected the reason being, of course, again, the abysmal failure of our political leadership because we don't have enough tests to go around. So it would seem it makes sense to test those who appear to be sick first. But this uh, professor says that would make sense if there were a cure. But there is not. 
So without a cure, this testing of only those already potentially ill will not curtail the epidemic at all or the anxiety uh, that comes with it uh, because testing has two purposes apart from, you know, letting an individual know if they have a virus or if they don't. The biggest one is testing in a case like this is so the people in control, as if anybody is anymore, obtain accurate information on the virus. How infective is it? How fatal is it? So testing gives the people who need to put in place the response to it, gives them the two things they need to know about the enemy, the virus. It's infectivity and it's mortality rates. Doing what we're doing, and I'm very sorry it's happening here in Pittsburgh as well. Testing only sick or symptomatic people is not going to get us to the information we need to really attack the virus. The way you learn the truth is to test a random sample of the population. So if we want to know really how much has this virus already spread in Pittsburgh, we're not going to learn that by the people that are being tested. We would learn it if it would be mandated that a random selection of Pittsburghers be tested because random testing would give us a sense of the true lethality of what we are dealing with and also the infectivity of what we are dealing with. And then with that information, statisticians can then guide the response to how we fight it. If it turns out that the rate of infection or the rate of uh, death uh, are similar to those of a bad flu, then that would truly calm public fears, would it not? If on the other hand, it shows the opposite well, then that would give us the, uh, the information we need to wisely attack it. Um, we, unfortunately, are uh, living in a country uh, governed by a, a party, the Republican Party, that has spent... God knows how many years uh, making Americans believe that expertise is just a form of elitism, that uh, science is questionable, um, that, that government is to be, uh, is to be looked at, at with great suspicion um, and is incapable. I mean, they're proving that. That part they're proving. But to be with people who are enthralled to this narcissistic uh, lunatic who is now our president um, and who are doing more to just salve his craziness, to keep him from freaking out. Uh, that doesn't put us in a, in a good place. Um, 
I am I am stunned to see that uh, churches apparently all over the country, uh, rather than heeding, I know a lot have, rather than heeding the experts, um, have continued to hold services. Uh, I give you a quote from the idiotic senior pastor of the First Baptist Church in Dallas, who said, a frightened world needs a fearless church. And so he opened his doors and hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of his frightened parishioners came and sat close together. This is insanity. This is insanity. So, where are we now? None of us, as I said, have been through this before. I cannot imagine um, what we are heading into. Uh, anyone you know who is still continuing to go to parties, to go to, thank God they can't go to restaurants because they were still all going to restaurants and bars and the governor has saved them from themselves. Saved them, saved us, all of us. The inability of Americans to see beyond their own needs or their own desires I want to go out to dinner with my friends. I want to drink. This is what we always do on Saturday night. It's mind-boggling to me. Uh, Mike in D.C. sent me a piece, which I haven't had a chance to read yet, but he said he's been racking his brain trying to figure out why some people who he sees in his orbit just don't seem to care about any of this and, you know, aren't altering their lifestyles at all. And then he read a, a piece by uh, Robert Reich, the uh, Clinton labor secretary, and that apparently did it for him because Reich seems to suggest that we as Americans are taught uh, that public health is an individual issue, that it's our health, and it's not a public issue. And it also falls in line with the thought that we are really not told to be good citizens ever. What are we always told? Be good consumers. Well, how's that going to work now? Um... I actually, well, dang it, I'm trying to um, open the piece. Hang on here. Um, oh, forgive, forgive me. I mean, that's the the dog, obviously, and. Uh, you may have been hearing noises before. That was the dog dropping his bones on the hardwood floor. And um, I'll read some of this uh, to you. While we're at it, let's admit something more basic. The system would be failing, even under a halfway competent president. The dirty little secret, which will soon become apparent to all, is that there is no real public health system in the United States. You know, that's interesting because I have been thinking the same thing. And this is why we have such a, a totally atomized system. And that is how we're responding to this. So that every city creates its own response, every county its own response, every town, every state. And the federal government, eh, even if it were a functional federal government, does not have the kind of 
power because there is not, frankly, national health care system. There is none. So he writes, instead of a public health system, we have a private for-profit system that is available to Americans lucky enough to afford it. And then next to it, we have this rickety social insurance system for people fortunate enough to have a full-time job. And at their best, both systems respond to our needs, our individual needs, not to the needs of the whole. And when we're dealing with a pandemic, the individual is not the issue. It is the whole. In America, says Robert Reich, the word public, as in public health, public education, public welfare, actually means a sum total of individual needs. It doesn't mean, as it does in other countries, the common good. When it comes to the health of the nation as a whole, we have no central authority in the way we are set up. Even if a test for COVID-19 had been developed and approved immediately, there are no institutions in place to administer it to tens of millions of Americans free of charge, none local and state health departments are working with bare bones staff because Americans have come to believe or to show that they will not elect any government official at the county level or at the state level or at the local level who will increase their taxes. So these years and years of no tax increase, no tax increase, have starved agencies like our health agencies, local health organizations. They don't have the resources to respond to this. According to the National Association of County and City Health Officials, those local and state health departments in the United States have lost nearly a quarter of their workforce in the last 12 years. So healthcare in America is delivered mainly by private, for-profit corporations, which are not required, by the way, to maintain reserve capacity which is why you keep seeing these frightening numbers of how many hospital beds we have. Nowhere near enough. How many ventilators we have? Nowhere near enough. Intensive care units? Nowhere near enough. In the country, there are 45,000 intensive care unit beds it is possible that three million people would need them. Add to this that almost 30% of American workers have no paid sick leave, including 70% of low-income workers, self-employed workers, no sick leave, the deal that was struck by the Democrats in the White House on Friday to give us, suppose, give those people uh, sick leave uh, is so filled with holes that it exempts a ton of employers and thus will not cover millions of Americans. 
More than 30 million Americans have no health insurance at all, and that grew, obviously, under this administration. Working parents cannot afford childcare, and now their schools are closed, their children's schools are closed. Children who rely on school lunches. Now, whatever the House Democrats pulled together with the White House and Mnuchin on Friday, it's, it's better than nothing, but doesn't come close to what is needed. Um, so I think that I, I thank you, Mike, in D.C. for that, because that is, that is well, well done. Um, I'm told we have a caller or two. Um, we have two, so let's let's hear from you because, I, as I said, I do want this to be much more of a back and forth. Hello. 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 You're on. Lynn. Yes. I'm on. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Lynn. I just got a question um, about all this Corona. Um, what about animals? Do they carry it too? No. As far as we know, no. Well, how's that? Pardon me? I mean, I don't understand. Well, uh, a virus, look at viruses. There's a lot of viruses that affect animals that don't then jump to humans. This one, this virus, they think, started with an animal and then found a way to infect humans. As far as is known, this virus does not infect your dog, does not infect your cat, okay? But there's a lot of stuff we don't know. But no, viruses, you know, are often targeted at a specific species. And this one's ours, okay? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, well, that's it. I mean, that's as far okay. as is known. Yeah, this is a virus that is lethal to a lot of humans, which we're all going to see very clearly in the next months. If hey, you have Lynn, I, huh? I got two things. I got two things here. One, I bought you a present because all your entertainment you've given me through all these years but where do i send it to city paper sure send it to city paper but i i don't know when i will get it i'm not going to give my home address out on on the air but uh yeah, sure send it to city paper they're at um where are they we just moved we're at uh four uh smithfield in downtown all right, and one last thing. I got a joke. You ready? Uh-huh. Moses goes up Mount Sinai to speak to God. And when he gets up there, he says to God, I have a terrible headache. Can you help me? And God said, yeah, take these two tablets. <laughs> okay. Are you smiling, Lynn? I am. I even guffawed. So thank you, because laughter is, uh, yeah, is very necessary. Thank you. And be Bye-bye. well. Be well. Bye-bye. <laughs> Take these two tablets. Milton has just sent, oh, we've got another call. Excuse me. Caller, go ahead. Hey, I think it's me. Is it? Yes, it is. Oh, good. It works. Hey, I just wanted to tell you that my head exploded when I saw the Surgeon General come out and say, number one, I don't know who that clown is. And and the other day he was in like Space Force outfit. But, you know, he was like, well, nothing can be done at the federal level. This all, you know, you have to do this at a local level. I mean, I I just sort of like turned and said, did the Surgeon General just come out and say, like, no longer. I can't do anything. (laughs) Yes. No longer does the federal government have it. It's like, it's up to you guys. I, I mean, 
and I haven't heard anybody talk about this. This really had my head explode. It was almost yeah. like, okay, we really are in a different world when this is what the, the Surgeon General is coming out and saying. Well, um, you see, you know, you see the le- the level of absolute, uh, you know, just incredible incompetence of this yeah. uh, administration when, you know, they throw out things like Trump decides, okay, uh, he says in his, that Oval Office address, he scared the crap out of everybody by saying, you know, we're not going to let anybody fly here from Europe. Well, you know, my brother was in Europe at the time. Uh, God knows hundreds of thousands of Americans were. <laughs> and then, of course, it had to be uh, it had to be clarified uh, after the speech. Oh, no, no, no. It's just, uh, you know, people who aren't Americans. Americans over there can come over. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, to beat the debt, Americans started just flying back into the country. And you saw and they had to be right. tested. Um, and there was nothing set up at any of the airports that they came into. And so these Americans coming back, I'm sure you saw the pictures, at O'Hare and Dallas were crowded like cattle for hours waiting to get through lines to have their temperatures taken and to answer questions about where they'd been and all of this stuff. Putting them, I mean, when you look at those pictures, all I could do as I looked at those poor people is thinking, oh, my God, how many of them are being infected right now because of the incompetence of the government just saying, bango, here's what we're going to do, and not giving the airports or whoever's in charge to be ready for what would happen. A lot of people are going to get sick and perhaps die from just that. When you look at those pictures, you're looking well, at those people. Those people are spreading out to all of us. And I yes. read, I didn't have it confirmed, but it makes perfect sense. That I read somewhere yesterday that they're allowing like those cruise ships to disembark in Miami. So they said yesterday 3,800 people got off without being tested at all. You know, Barbara People are still on no, those cruise true. ships. They're Barbara, all out there. Barbara and they're just, just letting them. Right. Thousands yeah. leave. Here's a headline. Thousands leave Miami cruise without yeah. screening. Despite yeah, and uh, one of the passengers earlier testing positive for the virus. That happened yesterday in Miami. And they're not at least even telling these people to sequester themselves. Do you know what I mean? Quarantine yourself. Stay well, we're, away. And we're screwed. I'm sorry. We are. so screwed. Um, a total of 3,877 passengers mm-hmm. were just let loose, yep. coming off the Petri dish called a cruise ship where the virus had, in fact, already been detected. I just listened to a great little podcast um, from The Guardian. It's my favorite news uh-huh. source. And it was on, um, it was done last week, but it's like, what happened in Italy? And it goes through like the whole backstory of investigating how the whole Italian, um, you know, epidemic sort of started in Northern Italy. And I mean, it sort of comes down to, they know the governments are told, they know people are going to, they can't stop it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point. They can't stop it. But if you can slow it down. And that's what our whole business right now is, you know, with, with social distancing is to try to slow the spread down, even though it will still happen, so mm-hmm. that we don't overwhelm the healthcare system, yeah. which is what is happening, has happened, and it is still happening in Italy. And um, it's as though after even listening to this, and this, this piece was produced like over 10 days ago, right? I mean, this is... The governments all know this now. I think they just they've just thrown up their hands. They don't care. Whatever. We can't stop it. It's out of control because they're not even telling the public mm-hmm. and know. stressing it should be it should be there, you know, nonstop. Everybody, here's why right. we're doing this. We're right. doing it to try to slow down um, the impact on the hospitals. Exactly. Right? I I hope people. We're not going to stop it. No, no, no. But if you, if you, as I say, we've, we're learning all these new phrases, flatten it out. Right. Flatten right. it out. 
And some people won't get it. I don't think you'll get it. I think you should stay quarantined over there. And, uh, you know, we can increase the number of people that will never also get it, and especially vulnerable populations that yeah. should be um, kept away from it. Right. So, well, as you know, I mean, I think now I forget where this edict came from. Was it local or that all people 65 and older are being told to isolate? Right. And they, I saw again in The Guardian, they're telling in the UK, they're telling people over 70 to prepare for like wartime, like yeah. quarantine for yeah. four months. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, well, to the guy beforehand, just to remind him that there's like kennel cough. Humans don't get kennel cough, you know. So I know people are worried about animals passing it to us, but look, they have their own viruses. This is ours, you know. I think you know if if somebody were to say that my the thing that's keeping me sane in my in my imprisonment is is my dog. (laughs) You know, right. that's who I have to talk to and and uh, and uh, hug, because God knows we can't hug each other, even though this is a time when we need hugs more than ever. So, yeah, right. I'm going to start I, practicing having like maybe a little drink or, or dinner time via either Skype or face FaceTime with, with friends, somebody. especially like idea. older friends. We yeah. decided tonight we're all going to have a cocktail together for a short while, you know, that's just, a good uh, idea via FaceTime. But we all have to be smart about it, really. I wish you all the best. Okay, you too. Yes, Take care. thank you. Bye. Thank you. Um, I know we have another caller, but I want to um, just quickly say that one of the things that I'm seeing that is heartening is on, you know, I have this app next door which tells you what's happening and, you know, people can, in your neighborhood, can say, you know, I – anyone know a good electrician or, you know, there's a dog wandering, that kind of thing. And uh, a number of people have posted on the app that they are healthy and under 60 and um, giving out their number that if you are an old person and you can't get out, they they are saying, I'm here to uh, do your shopping for you, to run errands, anything you need. Um, and, and so this, the, kind, the kindness of people will be shown in this uh, period. Um, and we have to, even though we're quarantined or isolated, we have to rely in large part on, on each other. So if, um, if you're able, that is something wonderful that you could do for some elderly neighbor, somebody you know is alone um, and, uh, and vulnerable, if, you're, if it is possible for you, because this is like wartime, and we all need to be uh, soldiers in that effort. I think we have another caller. We've got a number of. Ooh, the number of callers. Okay, I'm just, I'll stay on the phone with you then. Come on, next. I, I have no way of telling you if you're up, so just say hi, and if I say hi, you'll know you're on. Hello? Hello? Hello. You're yeah, on. A uh, possible explanation for the animal thing is that we were told this came from an animal, so I'm assuming yeah. somewhere there are animals that can get it, but luckily not our pets. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I was I just didn't think his question came completely out of left field. Uh, I, not that you said that, but no, I and right I, I mean, no, and I've been thinking the same thing, or I've even been thinking when somebody pets my dog, and then I'm yeah cuddling yeah, with them. Uh, well, I, yeah, that's I was, scary to me. I was noticing all the people still gathering in the dog parks yesterday, wondering that like how long that's going to go on. (laughs) Well, see, I have been going to a park and letting my dog run with his pals and talking to the other owners, uh, maintaining good distance. Um, (laughs) And I'm wondering if that's, if that's even wise now, and I'm not getting an answer, a definitive answer from anybody, yeah, which is part of it. Is I mean, there's a, a, some of these questions there are not answers to. It. That's right. There are answers, just like uh, you know, I mean, you can probably list a whole bunch of them, so I won't bother. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one. <laughs> yeah, indeed. 
Thank you. You have lots of callers. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Be safe. Um, next caller. Hello. 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 Um, I know there's a number of people waiting. Can somebody say, just say hello and maybe you'll be on. Hello? Huh. Okay. Well, I'm talking to Amy, my producer back there. I I don't know. I, I have the impression there's a lot of callers on the line, but I, um, God. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to, uh, gee, there's so much to share with you. I don't know where to go here. Um, Andrew Cuomo, the uh, governor of New York, is showing himself to be a very take charge, uh, articulate um, leader. Would that, you know, I, I know from a number of people who know him very well that he's a jerk. So, this idea that you don't want your governor or your president, yet you, know, you want him to be somebody you want to be a friend to, what nonsense that is, okay? You want, I don't care if he's a jerk, you want somebody that's smart and takes charge, as he has done. Um, there are already uh, legislators in New York State who have tested positive, and a lot of the members of the legislature uh, say, you know, we shouldn't be meeting. I mean, we're telling people not to meet in large groups. We're a large group. We shouldn't be meeting. And Cuomo said this. I want to share this with you. And this should go also to our Senate and our Congress. Cuomo said, should the military not show up? Should the police officers not show up? Hey, if we're asking nurses to put on hazmat suits and take blood, surely we can ask elected officials to come and sit at a desk and vote on a piece of legislation. And he went on to say, look, I need the legislature now to be there ready to authorize new laws, new measures that we may be needing you know, to fight the outbreak. And he said this, quote, we need soldiers to fight the war. Government must function because government is, is doing all of this. Government goes home. None of this happens. And there you have it. I, I just want to get to some of my emails, guys. Um, this is from someone who wants to be anonymous. Um, I'm a longtime listener and contribute to your show, but today I don't want to have anybody know who I am. Um, over the course of a week, thousands of people have come through my office, people from all over the state, the country, and even around the world. Uh, and he, I, I'm not going to give it away by saying, but he works in a place where all of that would happen. We have direct one-on-one -on -one contact with countless people every day, physically handling their documents. The state of Pennsylvania gave us face masks, gloves, and a huge bottle of hand sanitizer. But as of right now, we are all still required to show up for work every day uh, because our office is open. And, and none of what has happened has slowed down the number of customers we have. We have young workers and we have old workers. We have workers with health issues, blah, blah, blah. It's just a matter of time before we catch it and then begin spreading it to everyone we meet. Um, okay, that's as far as I'm going to go, and that's amazing. And I do know that while everyone's being told to stay home, federal workers were stayed, told to report. Now, some should, others unnecessary. Um Let's see what we got here. Well, a lot of you are giving me stuff and saying, keep my name out of it. Okay, here's another. My husband and I became ill with flu-like symptoms around the third week of February. I was tested for the flu and it was negative. 
my doctor joked about whether I had recently been to Wuhan, obviously I had not, and said the virus will never get here. That's your doctor? Jesus. My husband is an airline pilot. We were sick in a way we had never been sick before, not with extended fevers, but a feeling of drowning and a cough that dropped me several times. Oh, wow, I bet you had it. I have asthma. My doctor managed care over the phone, putting me on higher doses of asthma meds. We are still coughing. We haven't had a fever for almost a month. The latest uh, consultation my husband had with a doctor led to a recommendation for COVID-19 testing, with the doctor saying she thought it was quite possible what we had that what we had tested since, blah, 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 blah. The state health department did not see a need for self-isolation. Oh, God. The doctor had recommended he be tested prior to going back to flying. He cannot find testing since he has no fever. Oh, my God. Um, also, she says, as a non-urgent experiment, we placed an order with Amazon Prime Whole Foods it was never delivered. And finally, this morning, we were told the order was canceled by us, which it was not. So if we were in a position of urgently needing food, we wouldn't be able to get it from them. I just don't have a lot of confidence in any of the systems which are supposed to help us. And I sure do not know what the future holds. I just thought it might be instructive to share this. I've decided to not sign my name since I don't want any problems for my husband and his job. Thanks for being here. Well, God bless you. God bless you. Okay, are there, um, Amy, um, I'm going to try to say hello and see if anybody is on the phone. Um, hello? 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 Yes, hi. You're you're on. Hello. Hello. Go hey, ahead. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I called before about this virus thing and kind of toned it down. I, I agree with all the isolation and closing places and everything like that. Well, one thing I want to say is this coronavirus has been around for a long time, and for the the the. Um, Experts and all that to say, oh, they weren't aware of this. They've known about this for a while, so they could have been working on something. So they dropped the ball way back. I mean, you're going back to 1962 or something. No, but no, no, the no. The funny thing is. No, 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 no. Wait, I, I, wait, 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 wait. I need to. It, there are coronaviruses that have been right. around. This is a new one, a novel one. This particular. Right. Wheat has not been around for a long time, first showed itself in China. You don't know that. They don't know that. Yes, they do. Doctors don't know. They, they're no. not sure if it wasn't here. You yeah. know, you're just going by that thing that went overseas. I don't want to get into it with you all on that because I know people in the medical field. That The only thing I want to say is it has been around because – and then they say that's a hoax on her. I do remember the Lysol cans because I worked as a medic for a while. And it said on her human cor coronavirus right on the can, it killed. So that, that, that argument's, you know, they've known about this. Now it's developed in something worse. I understand that. But why, after 9-11, why didn't they get their hospitals? Because drug warfare is coming one of these days. I've always thought that's what was going to happen. And why weren't they having hospital beds? Why weren't they having ventilators? They dropped the ball, as they always do. So the blame is all on, like, one administration or another. It's all the no. medical community. No, you have to blame it on us because we don't right. like – we elect the people who are now in power and always have. And this aversion Americans now have had – to paying any taxes for things like this. Americans don't want to give money for things that are not an imminent threat. We cannot seem to ever rouse ourselves 
to get ready for something that might not happen tomorrow. It might not happen next month. So why the hell should we? We are a totally reactive people. And I don't know if that's ever going to change. We, um, it, a lot of this falls on, on us. It, it really does. And I hope that when this is over, that we've learned the right lessons. And we have seen, as Bernie Sanders was saying in the debate yesterday, what a totally screwed up health care system we have. Right. There is no such thing as a public health care system in this country. And that is puts us in a class by ourselves, which is why this awful damn virus is going to really do a job on America. Um, I am sorry, but we're going, we are not responding. At, we did not respond as swiftly as a lot of other governments, and we are not responding in a coherent fashion because we are not set up to do so. People who live in Pennsylvania, you know, now are being told this by their governor. People next door in West Virginia are being told something else. People in, and, and this is insanity. So if anything does come out of this, it might be a national health care system in well, the end. This might be what does it. I don't know. But we yeah. are, it's too bad to be in America right now. I just saw something from an American who's stuck in Israel, and they said, thank God I'm here and not home. Right. Because that person feels they're in a country that has a coordinated response and they're likelier to survive. So, yeah, uh, guys, I don't mean to, you know, scare anybody, but we're in for something extraordinary, extraordinary. Oh, and more people will die. More people will die, possibly, right. than died in World War II. You ready for that? Just as the pandemic of 1918 killed, that, killed 10 times the number of Americans who died in World War One. These are, no, there will be a horrible culling. We are not prepared to handle the number of people that will need care. No. And I'm so sorry for what is about to come. And I just hope all of us make it. But that's not likely. That's the truth. Thank you for your call. I do okay, want to say, you. okay, thank you. I do want to say, for those of you who don't know, that, you know, don't worry about paying your, um, your if you can't pay your light bill and you can't pay your water bill, um, all those utilities are, are saying that they are, you know, they're not shutting off anybody. Um, Comcast is, um, is giving customers um, unlimited data uh, for no additional charge. Uh, they will also will not disconnect um, Internet service, uh, but you have to contact them if you're unable to pay. Um, also, for low-income uh, people who are on something called Internet Essentials, they can get two months of free Internet. And, and um, you know, there, a lot of places are trying to step up, um, but it's happening slowly. I also want to give out two phone numbers um, for people whose anxiety levels are now off the charts, which probably are takes in most of us. But if you need to talk to um, a professional, there are, um, there are such people available for uh, emotional support. And I'm going to give you two numbers. Uh, there is the uh, Peer Support and Advocacy Network. Um, and that number is one 
866-661-WARM, W-A-R-M. 1-866-661-WARM, W-A-R-M. And then there's the Resolve Crisis Services. That's open 24 hours, seven days a week. And this number is 1-888-796-8226. And I, I want to reiterate that... Um, we need, when we're feeling, you know, think of all the people who are in a worse situation than, than you are. Um, and as I said, if, if we are in positions to care for anybody in any way, um, I will share one thing, and this is because I am able um, and certainly this is not something everyone could do, but I have the financial resources to do it. I have certain, um, you know, I have uh, a, a person who comes and cleans my house every two weeks. I called her and told her not to come because, again, overabundance of caution and good sense. I don't want somebody who's been, you know, cleaning somebody else's house to then come to my house. But this is a woman who works on her own and works her tail off and ain't going to have any paid sick leave. So I told her not to come, but I told her I would continue to pay her. I'm in a position to do that. And when you cancel on people who you normally would see, and you know that they are going to be in great financial distress if all of their clients and or customers were to do so. And you are in a position to pay them anyway. Please do so. So let's keep each other in mind. Let's think of all we can individually do. Um, and when you see somebody, well, I don't know how you see him if you're pretty much stuck home, but I've even had to tell my own son who lives in Lawrenceville um, that it's better if he doesn't come home. He went and picked up a bunch of stuff for me yesterday and I mean, I, I cried after he left. So we are all, and we all know, have situations. You can share stories with me. We've heard some of the stories from some of you uh, via email, and I so appreciate them. And um, I think we'll just continue like this as long as we can and uh, try to stay connected and try to share as much information that is um, helpful that we can. I also want to say I watched much of the debate last night between Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden. And here's my takeaway. My takeaway is, dear God, I would take either of them in a heartbeat. Um, so let's uh, hang in there. But I'm sorry. I'm sitting here with so much stuff I want to share with you, and I don't have time. All righty. Um, guys, I'm, I'm really, um, really appreciating uh, your feedback. My, my, my um, email again is lynn. Uh, L-Y-N-N, at pghcitypaper.com. And uh, please feel free to, uh, to share uh, with me at any time. 
um, Milton sent a little sign that says, your grandparents were called to war. Um, wait, can I get this up here? What is wrong with this? Your grandparents were called to war. You're being called to sit on your couch. You can do this. So, hang in there. <laughs> we'll do the best we can. Um, I'm feeling uh, very close to all of you now. And uh, well, let's get through this together as best we can. Love you all, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.